This is Kyle, and you guys are listening to a little bit of some coffee and vinyl. And I know that is not my normal uh, intro music, but uh, today is a little bit of a special day for me. Um, not necessarily in a good way, not necessarily in a bad way. Um, so let me, let me give you a little explanation about what's going on today. What's kind of been happening? Um, last time we talked, I had uh, just done a recording of um, Dirty Honey, and I had explained that there there were some things going on in my world, in my life, and I had to make an impromptu trip back home to the Buffalo area where I'm, where I grew up, and unfortunately had to say my last goodbyes to my stepfather, uh, someone that made my mother very happy and my sister and kind of adopted us as his own, um, even though he really did not have to. He was a very great man. And uh, approximately a week and some change later, he shuffled off this mortal coil. So in my sadness and just feeling bad and, and you know all the emotions you go through I, I started thinking about the kind of music that 
he liked. And most of it was kind of, you know, classic rock stuff and things of that nature. But his, the one thing he liked a real lot was blues. And it kind of got me thinking, you know what? I love the blues. Always have. Always will. They are in, in my DNA. Why are they in my DNA? Well, because they're in the DNA of rock and roll. Um, you know, we've talked about this. We've talked about this actually on the Dirty Honey. That, you know, the Southern rock and and blues guitars and everything else, everything from the Black Crows, the Allman Brothers, all of those kind of things. If if it was not for the blues, we would not have rock and roll as we know it. So it got me to thinking. You know, I, I know my dad's favorite. My my dad's favorite artist was. B.B. King. Um, unfortunately, I am not super well versed in Mr. King's music. I mean, I know some of the you know the big deals and things of that nature. You know, I have to hold on a second. I have a cat. My my uh, my, my my boy Foxy Kitty wants to get out, so we're gonna let him out the office. Out you go, kid. All right. So anyway, so I decided that I was going to. Pay tribute to that. Um, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not real huge on B.B. King. That was his thing. But mine is also very much probably one of the most... Not one of... Not probably. The most influential blues artist of all time. Little man by... Man by the name of Robert Johnson. For those of you who do not know who Robert Johnson is, he is the blues guitarist, songwriter, singer that wrote some of the most prominent blues songs of all time. That one you just we just listened to as our intro music is one of them, and that is Hellhound on My Trail. He is also known uh, for Crossroad Blues. And uh, come on in my kitchen, rambling on my mind, sweet home Chicago. I believe I'll dust my broom and kind hearted Wayne. All of which, in one way or another, have been either recorded by other artists or used or whatever. So I decided to go ahead today and place. Play songs by Robert Johnson. Um, not all of them will be just the, the straight-off cuts. Some of them I might throw in some covers and things like that. But I, I wanted to pay tribute not only to that man, but also to my stepfather, who, even though he was not a huge part of my musical DNA, he was married to my mother, who was. And she allowed me to, you know, explore all of all avenues of music. <clears throat> and it started out my love of real real blues, the old school, the Delta Delta blues, and the Chicago blues, and all of that started with um, Eric Clapton. And 
as I grew to understand Clapton's music and his influences and so forth, that's where I came across Robert Johnson. And he praised and still does praise Robert Johnson as the greatest blues guitarist and singer of all time. So that caused me to kind of fall down that rabbit hole. And when I did, uh, luckily for me at the time, uh, you know, all the, the universe is connected, I guess. And at the time, uh, they released a box set called The Complete Recordings of Robert Johnson. And it was a uh, two cassette box set. I think it was two CDs as well of every single song that he recorded. Unfortunately, he only recorded 42 songs in total. Um, 29 distinct, and then there was 13 surviving alternate takes of some of those songs. Um, so today, we are going to, as I said, pay homage, homage, however you want to say it, to Mr. Robert Johnson and his indelible mark that he left on us. And we're going to start that with a song called Kind-Hearted Woman. sisters is kind of honored woman actually the first song he ever recorded and one of the great things for someone like myself who um, this time around did not get to do well, no actually I did get to do a lot of research but there isn't a lot to know um, he was a uh, an enigma, as it were. There was there was not a lot of records of him. Um, of, uh, people had to do a lot of digging to find out what they could of him. There's a ton of mythology around this man, and rightfully so. Um, he's got a haunting voice, and he plays guitar in a way that most most people can't 
replicate. And part of it was genetic. So let's go into a little bit of the history that I do have. Um, he was born uh, on or around May 8th, 1911. And sadly left us on August 16th, 1938. There is a death certificate, so we do know that that's a pretty firm date. He is also number one with a bullet in the 27 Club. For those of you who don't know what the 27 Club is, it is a unfortunate list of people that left us way too soon. Most of them extremely talented. Talented, just all of them, just talented people. People like Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse, on and on and on. People that died at the age of 27. It's a large, it's a nice size list. I wouldn't say it's large. It's a nice size list. And it is a, a sad list, especially if you kind of think about it as what could have been. And he was number one. Um, there were only two recording sessions that he participated in, thus why only 42 songs. And they both happened in Texas. He was recorded and produced by Country Music Hall of Fame producer Don Law. And those songs, as time went on, um, eventually went on to be put on two, comp two compilation albums. Um, the one that I have and will be on my Instagram page um, it's called uh, King of the Delta Blue Singers. Volume 2 is the one that I own at this moment on vinyl. But the original Volume 1 was re uh, released in 1938. And it had about half of the songs that he recorded on it. And the other went on to Volume 2, obviously. And on that was that song right there, Kind Hearted Woman. There was a concert promoter in 1938 that had a large concert going on in Carnegie Hall, at Carnegie Hall in New York City. And he wanted Robert Johnson to be there to show his wares, as it were. And unfortunately, little did he know, and a lot of other people know, that he was already dead when they decided they wanted to do this big soiree. And, I mean, there were country music artists from all over the country. There were other blues artists. There, you know, vaudeville acts. All kinds of stuff going on at this at this showcase. And when the concert came around, the uh, promoter realized, okay, well, I still want to showcase this guy's music. So he got a hold of the copy of King of the Delta Blues Singers and put it up on stage, put up a phonograph up on stage, old Victrola, horn facing out to the crowd, and he played the music, and when it ended, it got a standing ovation. And thus the legend and legacy of Robert Johnson began.
he was born in Hazelhurst, Mississippi to Julia Dodds and Noah Johnson. Now, Noah Johnson um, was kind of a roustabout, ended up being just gone um, quickly out of, out of uh, Robert's life. Um, and actually, at the time, his mother was married to another gentleman who was a sharecropper and furniture uh, salesman. This guy also ended up getting run out of town. This is Mississippi, 1912, 1913. He got ran out of town. While he was, when he was ran out of town, that's when mom got together with Noah Johnson and Robert was the product. His mother and baby Robert left Hazelhurst, Mississippi and joined his father, his non-biological father in uh, Memphis where Robert was eventually enrolled into school. His mother subsequently had nine other children with uh, her husband at the time and then she left him at some point and so did so did Robert and they moved in and moved around all of the Mississippi Delta area which is where I believe he got his love for not being at home being a rambling man and I think that's where we'll stop jabbering for a minute and we will play Rambling All On My Mind by Mr. Robert Johnson probably saying to yourself Kyle first of all how can you consider this guy the greatest guitarist of all time there's no shredding there's no this there's no that well first of all let's consider the time we are talking about 1936 and 1937 is when this man recorded his music um, one like I said was in San Antonio the other session was in Dallas um what makes him stand out amongst all of the other Delta guys, all of the blues men that were around at the time, unfortunately, most of them did not get their just due as, as, uh, until after 
they either passed or their time was up or whatever. What kind of set him apart was his, his, with his playing style, was his ginormous hands. This man had abnormally long fingers. Um, and when he was a young man and still kind of starting out on the circuit, as it were, going around walking, walking or at times hitchhiking or hitching a ride on a train or whatever, but mostly walking around the South at the time, um, he was not considered by his contemporaries as a very good guitar player. And he was very proficient as a heart, as a harmonica player and a mouth harp player, but as a blues guitarist, he was the shits, as, as they say in the wrestling business. But what he did is... Um, He'd follow around local artists that were, you know, in the area, and, you know, he would try to get to play. They'd be, you know, get out of here, kid, you're bothering me, kind of thing. But he soaked in all of this knowledge. Um, now, the rumor and myth about him is that he went to the crossroads, made a deal with the devil to become the greatest blues guitarist the greatest guitarist of all time, not even the greatest blues guitarist, just the greatest guitarist to ever live. And he sold his soul to the devil, and the reason he passed away at 27 years old is the devil's deal came due. Now, that's an absolutely fantastic myth that has spawned so many different ver variations and ideas beyond that, and it's, you know, it's a thing. But ultimately what he did is um, one of his contemporaries at the time, uh, two actually, uh, Sonny, Boy, Sonny Boy Williamson and, um, oh shoot, dude's name's escaping me for a second. Hold on. Let me, let me, let me go in here real quick because I'll find it. Um, but uh, Sonny Boy Williamson and... Now, see, you know, this is where I screw up, and I should have written this one down, but I didn't. Um, one of his contemporary, one of his other contemporaries was, you know, like I said, say, you know, get out of here, kid, you're bothering me kind of thing. And um, he, he left. He walked away. He's like, all right, I'm going to go, you know. He ended up going back to his hometown. met up with a local blues artist there that he studied under and got really, really good at what he was doing and mastered the art. But what really helped was his abnormally large fingers because then that made his playing all that much more miraculous. He was he could play bass bass parts and lead guitar parts all in the same time because of a different way that he was strumming the guitar and fingering the guitar. So um that Jesus oh my god I 
feel so stupid right now. So, finally found what I was looking for. And one of the, his contemporaries, as I had said, um, at the time he was living in Robinsonville. In, uh, I believe that's Mississippi. And, uh, or no, in Arkansas. I'm sorry. No, I was right. Robinsonville, Mississippi. Anyway, so he moved down there and Sunhouse moved there as well. Sunhouse, if you don't know, is another prominent blues man. Another one of my favorites. And his musical partner was Willie Brown. Thus, the lyrics from Crossroads Blues. Go tell your friend, poor Willie Brown. Um... <clears throat> So anyway, they were like, you know, get out of here, kid. You know, you're, you're bothering me. And he perfected his guitar style with Isaiah Ike Zimmerman, who was a majorly gifted guitar player from the general area. But one of the things that Mr. Zimmerman, Ike as they called him, told Robert is that in order to play, you have to feel it. One of the only ways you can feel it is to play in the graveyard. It's the only way you're going to feel the blues. It's the only way you're going to be sad. you got to play in a graveyard. So he and Robert would go to the graveyard, sit on a gravestone, and Robert would watch. And then he would imitate. And then after imitating, he would practice. And so on and so forth. And he simply... Over a two years or so time spirit time period, he got better. Now, to all the people on the circuit, traveling around the Delta and just the South in, in general, uh, musicians down there, he, he reappears on the scene what seemed like a very short period of time later, and all of a sudden, he's this master. He's this guy that's just blowing everybody away when he sits down and they finally allow him to play. Because everybody was like, oh, come on, you were you were crap when you left. What makes you think you're any better now? Well, he proved everyone wrong. And you get something like this. Little Sweet Home Chicago. sounds basic and man where's the shredding and 
whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I understand that. But you also, like I said, have to consider the time. We were talking the 30s when electric guitars were not really a thing yet. And we had to rely on the idea that, you know, we can just strum and play a guitar. Um, and this man did it better than anyone. Literally everything you hear is just him, one guitar, and a microphone belting his heart out. Now, sure, tons of people have done different covers of things of that nature and whatever, of that music and everything else. And you know what? They're all amazing. But if it wasn't for Robert, we wouldn't have any of it. Now, right now I'm going to play you something from one of his... One of Robert's, not his contemporaries, but one, someone who was heavily influenced uh, by Mr. Robert Johnson. And I think any of those people out there listening, listener land out there to me, will know who this is right away. And the riff is iconic. And the song is iconic. So if you don't know, okay but learn oh yeah oh yeah everything 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 gonna be all right this morning oh yeah There is something chunky and wonderful and amazing about that headhunting son of a bitch. But if it was not for Robert Johnson and the early parts of the blues, you wouldn't have that. So we, we must give love where love is due. And Robert Johnson definitely deserves that. So... Like I said, most of his life is shrouded in mystery because he moved around a lot. He changed his name a lot to avoid trouble. Um, even even his death in 1938 is still surrounded by mystery. And one of the stories which I think is kind of cool is that he was at a bar 
Um, he was playing. He was being Robert Johnson, being the musician. And he was... Um, flirting with a woman, a married woman. And the husband of said married woman was at the bar. And he was none too happy. And the guy decided to... Uh, throw a little poison in Robert's bottle and sent a bottle over to him. Started drinking the bottle. Or went, well, actually, he didn't even start drinking the bottle yet. Or went to open the bottle. And his friend, who was with him at the time, uh, <clears throat> uh, a young man by the name of Sonny Boy Williamson, another blues musician. Sonny Boy knocked the bottle out of his hand and it sent it careening onto the floor and Robert got really pissed off and was like, yo man, don't touch, don't ever knock a bottle out of my hand. I will kill you, kind of thing. And not realizing that the cap had been already been broken, the seal had already been broken on the bottle and they sent over another bottle that was poisoned again. And Sonny Boy was like, okay, you know what? I ain't going to touch you. I ain't going to say nothing. You're going to be dumb enough to open up a bottle that's already got the seal broken. You do you, bro. And he did. And as the like I said, as legend says, over a two-day period, he got ri ridiculously sick and um, died uh, in, a, in a flop house hours in the early morning hours of uh, August 16th 1938 and someone um, a, a reporter at some point uh, went and uh, the musicologist Robert Mac McCormick as a matter of fact claimed to have tracked down the man who, who uh, confessed to the murder of Robert Johnson the, the, the jealous husband and uh, but the writer decided not to reveal the man's name. Um, now, there's been some debunking at the fact of at least the kind of poison that was per supposedly used. Uh, it was originally stated that it was strychnine, but a lot of experts say, you know what, strychnine, the, the smell of it is so overpowering that it couldn't be... Uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Could not be masked by the smell of alcohol. Um, it has come up that there was a different poison used. Uh, it was an extract from mothballs um, and it caused a um, it's what the hell is it called? Nep Nephilene which is, like I said, dissolved, is dissolved mothballs. And it was a common way of being poisoned in the uh, rural south. So it was never really considered a fatal thing, but what people uh, have postulated since is that at some point in time, <clears throat> Mr. Johnson was uh, diagnosed with an ulcer and uh, with esophageal virus, I mean, I can't even read my own writing. Esophageal varses, 
uh, and the poison was sufficient enough to cause them to hemorrhage, and he died. Severe ab abdominal pain, vomiting, and bleeding, which is what was described. He was howling like a dying dog during his last hours, is what a lot of people, uh, well, what researchers have come across through stories and so forth. And he died unpleasantly, painfully, and sadly. Um, so we're going to circle back here for a moment to the rumored reason that he became who he was. And the song I want to play for you right now is Crossroad Blues. We're going to circle back to that because I'm not only going to play this, but we're going to play another version of this here song. So let's go with some Crossroad Blues from the immortal Mr. Robert. same time all at the same time now most of us back in the day were not really all that familiar with that person however there was one that um, one version we are familiar with and yes Yes, I know. A lot of you don't want to hear this name because he's kind of douchey these days and has a bad reputation, as it were. But it does not change who the man was when it came to music. And yes, that name is Mr. Eric Clapton. He still has a very, very huge place in my heart when it comes to music. He was one of the first artists that I really took a, uh, a deep dive into their catalog, um, which is one of the reasons we're here. I mean, we're here to kind of, for me to extol on you the virtues of what I love and hopefully share it with you and maybe you'll appreciate and love it with me. Um, this is not some song that nobody knows or anything like that, but 
I, I just feel a need to kind of give it a little bit of a go here. So let's do just that. Jack Bruce, Mr. Ginger Baker, and Mr. Eric Clapton, better known as Cream. Now, there are versions upon versions of this song, and we're going to throw one more in there because it is kind of one of those song, one of those songs that just epitomizes the blues. I mean, you've got the the throwing in of the crossroads where someone could do something nefarious to themselves or to someone else or make a deal and then you've got traveling and 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 sadness and longing all in kind of one encompassing thing but the difference between the more modern version of crossroads and the actual crossroad uh Crossroad Blues, is that it's actually two two different songs by Robert Johnson. One is Traveling Roadside Blues, and the other one is Crossroad Blues. Um, the, the lyrics are intermixed with each other. Um, I do want to play one other version of Crossroads that I kind of really dig as well, and it's by another contemporary uh, to our life and times, and another guy that's kind of got a kind of a shitty reputation as it were at least as far as women go um but it again does not change the man's ability to write a song and to play the absolute shit out of a guitar and that guy is john mayer and yeah i know there's a little bit of a stigma with him too because he's kind of scoffed at by some and i think it's kind of sad especially um if you're given the opportunity to see him play live, don't pass it up. You will not be disappointed. If you love rock and roll, um, if you love guitar, and not even rock and roll, if you love guitar, seeing John Mayer play is an, is just a wonderful, dare I say, damn near religious experience. It was for me. I got a chance to see him, see him play with uh, his trio at the time. Um that was strictly a blues kind of thing and then intermixed with his normal more contemporary music as well but there was a large set of just him and the the guys in the trio and it was absolutely amazing i damn near cried and i was just sitting on the lawn 
at the uh, venue I was at and absolutely just loved it. So here is his version of Crossroads. It's different and fun and interesting. funky so wonderful um one of the next songs i want to play is uh love in vain and it's another one that's uh not i wouldn't say it's heavily covered but it is covered by quite a few artists um one of which is um the rolling stones another man and another band that has members that praise to the heavens the name robert johnson and very much should um so first, we're going to hear the Masters version, Love in Vain by Robert Johnson. I followed her to the station with a suitcase in my hand. With a suitcase in my hand Well, it's hard to tell, it's hard to tell When all your love's in vain All my love's in vain When the train rolled up to the station I looked her in the eye So wonderful, so sad, so sad. Now, rumor goes that um, he, uh, Robert, was married and was having a child. And during this time, during the time of his wife's pregnancy, he left quite often to go and quote unquote play the devil's music. <laughs> um, in the South, that is what blues was considered. And that's partially to blame on the Baptist churches. Not the church th itself, but the Baptist preachers. And the one of the reasons that they did this was because on Sundays, they started noticing that most of the men were not coming in 
and obviously giving their tidings and uh, worshiping. And the preachers kind of started banding together and saying, you know what, this is kind of messed up. Y'all should be here in God's house. And instead, you're sitting at home nursing a hangover because you were up all night, Saturday night, listening and playing the, the devil's music. That's what this is. This is the devil's music. So, um, as I said, Robert's wife was pregnant. And he would leave and go play himself some devil's music. Well, this was at a time when Robert was doing relatively well. Um, he, he hadn't done any recording yet, as far as I am aware of. But uh, he was traveling around, making some money, doing okay. And the night that he his child was born, um, his wife and soon-to-be child went into the hospital and he was out playing not very far away but far enough that he did not get home until a day or so late and when he arrived the his wife and child had both died in childbirth and that sent him into kind of a spin and love in vain was born um the parents and family of the young lady he was married to kind of saw it as a, you know what, we don't want you around. You couldn't be here. You were busy out playing the devil's music. Get out of here. And they kind of sent him on his way. And he started traveling around again, being the loose loose life living blues man on the road. cut to 30 years later or so and you get the Rolling Stones Mick Keith Charlie Brian all of them heavily influenced by Mr. Johnson especially Keith Richards and they decided to do a cover of Love in Vain and I want to play that version of it for you as well in vain by the Rolling Stones.
So, we covered his death. Most of his life was traveling around, learning and playing. And I just want to say that I think if you, just the few songs that I have played today, I'm really hoping that it inspires some of you to go out and try to find, not try to, it's the, he's not hard to find. His stuff's all over this, the streaming platforms and so forth. And honestly, the sound quality is what it is. I mean, we're talking almost 100 years ago that these songs were recorded. And, but they still stand the test of time. His music has endured for decades. And there's a reason. And the reason is that there was a passion, there was a love, there was a despair. Everything that makes great art. And this is just that. Great art. It, it sounds dated because at this point it kind of is in its own way. But at the same time it's also timeless. And I know that's really weird to say, but there is... A datedness to it because of its sound, the, the quality of sound, and the fact that it's just a guy and a guitar. That's kind of a dated feel. But at the same time, what he did with that guitar and his hands and his mind was, and his passion was unbelievable and timeless. And the heartbreak and the real feelings in those lyrics also help to make it timeless. So, don't sleep on it. And hopefully, if if I've inspired any of you out there to go back and check out Robert, check out Sonny Boy Williamson. Check out Sunhouse. Willie Dixon. John Lee Hooker. B.B. King. Muddy Waters. The list goes on of guys from the past that deserve our love and respect when it comes to being the pioneers that gave us the music that we love today. And I hope all of you give it a shot because it is worth it. Even if it's just for the simple knowledge that you have those songs in your brain and you can say, oh, I see where this thing came from. Or this part of a song over here came from. Or these lyrics came from. Because they've all been borrowed from. They've all been stolen from. They've all been covered. In one, for one form or another. So. There is my spiel for that. And before we close today. Because I am going to close again with a different song than I normally close with. Because this is kind of a tribute. Um, to the blues. And a small tribute to my dad. Randall Paul Hopkins, please rest in peace. I love you. Mom, I love you. Baby sister, you know I love you. Can't wait for you guys to hear this. Um, but before I do go, I do want to say, and I'm going to throw out my plugs for this week. Um, first of all, Shout out again to John Kendellen. Please check out his stuff on Instagram. Espresso Your Art. 
not like I said, great artist. Check him out. Don't sleep on him. I mean, he he does he makes art with coffee. I mean, come on. Um, also, don't want you to sleep on my artwork. Uh, if anybody's into it, uh, later today I will be throwing some stuff, uh, you know, uh, pictures up again up on Instagram. Um, if anything sparks your fancy, you like something I've already done, or you want something done on commission, give me a holler. Um, I'm findable on all the social media platforms, most of them anyway, except for TikTok. You're not going to find me on TikTok. Um, but uh, I'm on Instagram at, uh, uh, I don't know, just search my name, Kyle Casto. You know who I am. Um, if you're not already following me, uh, it's uh, KCasto2112. And uh, I'm also on the Facebooks at uh, Kyle B. Casto. And I'm also on uh, uh, Twitter at Casto Kyle. So give me a shout out and just, you know, shit, even if you're just want to say hi, say hi. Uh, and I also want to take the moment to send some real love to my cousin, Mark. Um, you may not want your name out there in the ether, but I'm giving you, I'm putting your full name out there. Mark Young, I want to thank you from the absolute bottom of my heart for number one supporting this here podcast since day one um, all three of you boys all three of you young boys have done that in one way or another whether it's just listening or sending little gifts and my cousin Mark sent me more than just a little gift if things on the podcast this week and I hope they do they sound better to me if they sound better there is a reason and that is because that crazy son of a gun decided, you know what, he didn't need something that he had and sent it to me. And he sent me a brand new, to me, Focusrite Scarlet Interface and two XLR mics that are absolutely wonderful. And I will be using those from this point on and learning new little tricks and so forth to make everything sound better. Um, with that said, this here podcast, if you're listening to it, you know it's available on the, on the platforms it's on, but it's available on Spotify, Apple, and a couple others out there as well. If you're on the Apple Podcasts, throw me a five-star rating. Um, love to see it. just makes me look better. And please don't skip the ads that are the ad that's in the in the show because that helps my bottom line as I like to say um, and also if, uh, if you guys can tell friends families, enemies loved ones, hated ones I don't care share this, tell people because I would love to be doing this on the, more on the regular than I am and hopefully uh, all things go well. Today was a less crazy day than I anticipated. Things worked out really nice, and I'm glad I was able to get back out here and, and share some stuff with you today. So the, the more people that you share this with, the more people are listening, the more I don't have to go to my real job anymore. 
Just saying. <laughs> All right. Just want to say one more time in closing. Much love, brothers and sisters. You know I love you. And let's make the world a better place by listening to some really great music and sharing it with every, with our friends. All right. Speaking of sharing, I'm going to play my file, my dad's favorite uh, favorite artist, and probably his most popular song to play to to send us out for the day. So, much love, respect, and rest in peace as well, Mr. BB King. And here's a little bit of the thrill is gone. Say it one more time. Love you, Dad. Rest in peace.